0: Willie, I have a question for you. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's assume you had a, a son, uh, a child. What That's is? That's assuming I would have
1: a significant other. First of all, not
0: necessi- not necessarily. And that his genitals work. I mean, none of those things are true. You could easily be you could be a dad right now if you wanted okay. to. be. You so we'll be my assume
1: dad. that I have a fantastic life and a son. Go on.
0: I think you're. Oh, hold on, you're just associating a bunch of different things now. You're like talking about your son, meaning your happiness, your relationship status, where you're at. No, you can just grab a boy and be a, a dad. Okay, if you want to right now, you could, and I mean that in the in the most like wholesome way. Just find a boy on the street and <laughs> say, and "I'm your dad." Say, "I'm your dad." <laughs> yeah. Would you Would you do that, Willie? Like if. It was necessary? That's my question for you.
1: Would I grab a child off the street and say, I'm your daddy and okay. start a life together?
0: I just 100%. want to back up one more time. Yes. Why Hang on you not? The way that you described it sounds violent, number one. And number two, no one said to use the word daddy okay. at all. Do you have your cabin in the woods set up? <laughs> in your van? You got your white yeah. van ready to drive away? You freak.
2: Welcome to the Front Podcast of the Internet. Thank you so much for listening to us this week. I am your host, Scott Carolla, and with me as always is my co-host, Willie Madsen. And we're joined this week with a
1: with a third member, somebody who we would like to see on the show more often, our friend, Max Leibowitz.
0: Hey guys, so Hello, great you. to be with you. Long time listener, first time co-host. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to be on the Front of the <laughs> Internet.
1: Does co just continue? Like, if there's four, are they all co-hosts? Or is that yep. like, I, I've i always thought that that just means two.
2: Are you thinking it's more like uh, when you add at the end of a letter? So we is he our co-co-host? Oh, co-co-host.
0: Did you bring any?
1: <laughs> I, yeah, did, did you really bring us any
0: cereal? I our... just want to know what if, if, if there's ever going to be a like 15th person... Co-hosting the show. Are you guys gonna really call that person a co co Is that are you really gonna take it that far? I don't think it will. It would give up after four or five co's. I think we should try that to to
2: the whole show is just 30 minutes of us saying and with us is our co 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 And that's all the time we have.
1: So, Max, thank you for for popping on to the show this week. We've been doing this now. This is our 48th episode, and this is your first. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Let the listeners in on uh, on some of your deep, dark secrets. Maybe you don't have to get that deep.
0: Yeah, if you don't want to do that, you can read from your
2: CV too. That's fine.
0: Okay, I'll try to kind of balance out both of those things because they're not the same. Hello, everyone. My name is Max. I am so glad to be here on uh, the, the show with uh, Willie and Scott. What about me makes me good for the show or ideal for this podcast or funny or any of these things that have these words that have been thrown around about me. I can't validate what anyone else says. I can just speak from my heart and who I am. Who am I? I am a native New Yorker, New York's native son, which are those are two different things.
1: I thought that was only Trump. I thought Trump is the only one self-defined as New York's native son.
0: But, I, and all, but it's important to know, though, even though I am from there originally, I have been living in Minnesota for over, no, almost half my life. So I am a Minnesotan pretty much as much as I am a New Yorker. You're one of us. Yeah, yes, yes. I am a improv and sketch comedian. I am a trivia and game show host. And I am friends and former co-workers with you gentlemen, which is why I know and love you so very much. So... That's me. I I do want to make one thing clear for the listeners, which is in no way should the listeners think that I was invited to the show, even though the three of us have talked about the three of us doing a show. You guys started the show, and this was not... You guys may have invited me at some point, but this is really the result of me hitting up Willie and saying, hey, Willie, I want to be on the show. And now here I I am on the show. Yeah. So I don't want... you know, I want to make that clear to the listeners, lest they think that... I was just invited.
1: It's It's been a, a challenging week, I think, uh, specifically for the three of us in the Twin Cities, just all kind of in different corners. I want to start with something. Normally, we try to start the show uh, on a lighter note, but I think with everything that's been happening around us, I want a few things to happen. I, I want to read a story from Reddit, because that's what this show's about, but I also want to relate it to what's been happening for us and in our community outside of just this website since last year since the inception of this show we have always said that black lives matter the senseless killing of dante wright adam toledo what multiple mass
2: shootings since the last episode has gone up uh since since we've started recording today i mean there's there's a good chance there's been another mass shooting in the show
1: notes, I will absolutely right up at the top list places that you can donate if you're not in a place, if you're not in Minnesota and you can't go out and support your community, or maybe you haven't gotten your vaccine yet and you don't want to go out in front of a bunch of people. I'm going to list some, some resources. But as this episode goes up, which is going to be later this week, it is very likely that the verdict in the case against Derek Chauvin... There's gonna there's gonna be a ruling, and the the world is gonna react to it. And I never thought I, I saw this thing last week that said Minnesota has become the new
2: Detroit. and I didn't really understand what that meant. You don't? Have you never no. seen RoboCop? Like well, any I of have. them? I mean, I was really I was I was young. <laughs> I, the stereotype was that Detroit was this decrepit, run down, uh, lawless city that needed some sort of strong police presence to come in and clean up the streets from criminals and terrorists and gangs. And that's where Robocop came in. He was this one man wrecking machine and he was the law that was going to come in and make everything better. What were some of the comments in this? Because I I would like to see what the world's perception of us is right now.
1: That was just a comment on a different post. I didn't read that. The actual post that I have is something that makes this feel bigger than Minneapolis, and for for which it is. But for me, at only growing up in Minnesota, I I lack some of that perspective that maybe Max you already have, having grown up around the world, right? But this is from the NBA this week. It says ESPN sources the NBA has instructed teams to be vigilant about the impact of a verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial. For the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis this week, including the possibility of game postponements. When you're starting to see national sports team, a national sports team across the US say, hey, we might have to shut games down, business is ramping up for it. How does that how does that make you guys feel just thinking about how this has impacted more than just your local living condition?
0: I actually think about my first reaction when this most recent Brooklyn center, police killing, police murder uh, happened was how really uh, a half real anger and embarrassment that this keeps happening in Minnesota. I, my previous places that I've lived are actually not as important to me as being in the present and where I am. And actually all of the pride that I have in living in the twin cities and the state of Minnesota, I have been preaching to anyone that will listen who doesn't live here how great it is to live here and specifically kind of going against what maybe the stereotype of a midwestern city is for people on the coasts right friends of mine that i grew up with in new york city don't really understand why i would choose to live here in minneapolis people in la have no conception uh, or, or or california no conception of what it's like here and i've been i've been telling people about it how great it is for years now. And so then to have to kind of reckon with the last year or so, this most horrific police killing that happened last May with George Floyd, the fact that that happened here, you know, not a mile from where I live. And then, or, and then before that, I should say, I shouldn't say, and then Philando Castile, a number of other incidents that have happened in the last two, three, four, five years. And then now this, with Dante Wright. And it just keeps happening in my city and state. And that makes me really, really angry. And and again, embarrassed. But I would also say that that's half of the way that I'm looking at it. The other half is hyper-focused on the massive presence of military vehicles and military personnel stationed in Minneapolis, also very close to where I live. To me, that is just the complete wrong way for us all to have to to deal with this at every single level i don't think that that calms anything down i don't think that that keeps any kind of particular peace the fact that i again in this wonderful city that i live in that has now been wrecked with these terrible terrible events walking around and seeing troops stationed in front of lyndale and and franklin just to me makes me more, I, I feel worse about like the fact that we we can't say we, we, we need to militarize the city, to me, speaks to a whole bunch of different problems.
2: Max, really quickly, growing up in New York, where, where exactly in New York, if you don't mind? Sherry? I grew up on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. This is something that came into play kind of last summer. Was stop and frisk a thing that you were familiar with growing up around there?
0: No, because I... It was, it's, if I'm not mistaken, it started around the later or mid-tenure of Michael Bloomberg, and that, and I think that's, I think it started around 2007, 2008, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a little bit earlier, but I had moved away to go to college in 2004. So it hadn't really been that, but I did experience firsthand for eight long years, the mayoral of, excuse me, the mayoralty of Rudy Giuliani which was not as batshit bananas as you think that it would be now because he has gotten so batshit bananas. But he was an asshole who did things particularly with the police department that pretty much track with what his worldview is now, in my view. Yeah. Um, Scott, you know, what- I don't think it's making anybody feel better.
1: Uh, I know you've been paying attention to this because it hits so close to home, both for where you were living last year And And also just the fact
0: that,
2: (laughs) and where, yeah, and where you're living now, what? It's so bizarre. I think back to when I was growing up in the suburbs, the south suburbs of Minneapolis, where the the biggest police response I would see would there would be two cop cars pulling over somebody on the side of the road, you know, and it was mostly because they didn't have anything else to do at the time. It was, that was the police presence I grew up with. I think because I was taught to respect people in authority by my parents and just by the kind of like privileged life I led growing up, that I thought anybody who was a police officer or a firefighter or a paramedic or somebody in the military, like those were our protectors. Those were the people that would defend us. And sadly, growing up now, learning that they've become an aggressor, and and exactly to Max's point, the vehicles that we are seeing on the streets right now, those are vehicles of war. Those are vehicles that were used for invasions, so to speak, of other countries when we went to actual wars across the sea. Let's not forget and, that the people driving those vehicles are also people of war. But military. they're also our friends and neighbors because they're the National Guard. They're not the active military. They're the reserves. One of them is my co- one of a coworker of mine. And it's just crazy to see that somebody in the press got a photo of him standing in a parking lot somewhere. It it is unfathomable that we have these war machines running up and down our streets because who are they working against? The people that actually live here. There's no invasive force. Even more specifically, they're not just working against the people because
1: they're not working against the three of us. And I think we need to call it for that.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah, we could be out there joining the protests, and they, they would be. It would still be these vehicles that are designed to, I guess, be shot at with other war machines are just rolling up and down the streets against people who are throwing at, you know, rocks, cans of soup. The only reason they may be doing that is because, you know, they're being murdered by the people that are supposed to protect them.
1: I currently live a mile away from the governor's mansion in St. Paul. And the last couple of days that I've had time, it's been nice out. Uh, I usually go on walks and I don't go that direction. I I decided that last night I was going to walk that direction. I honestly, I didn't think anything was happening. And I passed the governor's mansion and everything was fairly quiet. There's a few, and this is great perspective for people that don't live in Minnesota. There was a few state troopers parked outside. It has a big fence. There's cameras everywhere. Uh, I circled the block and by the time I got to Grand Avenue, which uh is the shopping district district in St. Paul, every single corner there was
2: a group of 3 to 5 Army National Guard. One thing we should note is that this presence that we're feeling right now wasn't even supposed to be deployed. It was it was in preparation for the end of the Chauvin trial. Yeah, and I forget the operation name. Re- regardless, it's fucking ridiculous that there's an operation name to have something like this. Uh,
1: where I'll leave this story is... I-, I say this phrase a lot, Max. This moment is a time capsule in how it felt to live in an area that was defining for the United States. So, it doesn't feel great. And... Even, I, I don't know if your job is, but in our job, we are putting together every contingency plan we can think of because we don't want to be caught not anticipating
2: the worst. Yeah, same. Well, that is certainly a topic that I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of riled up. I'm, I'm holding back. Max, in our, in our pre-show, you kind of mentioned that I might be the more quiet one in terms of... Reserved. Eating. Reserved. Yes, yes, Exactly. And it's just because I don't want this show to turn into a giant rant with me swearing myself off of the internet, so to speak. (laughs) But somebody else who was very angry this week on Reddit and was angry enough to do something completely illegal, I would expect, in the great state of Colorado, this week in our public freakout, somebody hacked the Air Raid loudspeaker system. And this post is actually from the past. It actually happened in May 2020, but they just posted it in Public Freakout this week. And so what I would like to do, if if we've got a couple minutes, it's about a minute and a half here, Willie, is just play that audio and let everybody listen to what this person turned the, what would normally be a, uh, I'm sure, a weather warning or some sort of natural disaster and uh yeah let's take a listen
3: don't you know that this coronavirus shit is actually fucking real and people are getting sick from it and dying do you care of course not because you're a selfish fucking twat you don't care if you get sick and you don't care if you get other people sick how fucking stupid pathetic brain dead and incompetent can you be you know The more that you stick your middle finger up to the law, the public health, and your own fucking sickly grandmother, the longer this shit is going to be drawn out. Right. We're just going to extend the fucking order as long as you cocksuckers continue to venture out, getting your nasty disgusting germs all over the fucking place and infecting people, instead of quarantining at home like you should be. I want to be able to watch live sports again. I want to go to the bar. The restaurant, the bowling alley, and strip clubs again. And as long as you disease-ridden fucks keep going out into the public, that is never going to fucking happen. Everybody, including your mom, knows that you don't cover your costs. You sneeze all over the fucking place and on other people. And you don't even wash your filthy, disease-ridden fucking heads after you masturbate.
1: What has that last year felt like for the two of you? with those people that have chosen to not follow these strict guidelines.
0: Yeah, I mean I think that's the purpose of the of the air raid takeover here is not to speak to those people that aren't taking the precautions. It's to express for us all that can relate how fucking ridiculous it is that there are this many people out there that are not taking these precautions. And that this thing has gone on, that they're the reason why this thing has gone on for fucking 14 months. So I i think that that was the purpose of it rather than, I mean, yeah, we'd all love to just yell this from the rooftops to everyone that, if, that if are not following wearing a mask and socially distance and want to go and sit in restaurants face to face without being like, I, I, I yes, is what I, my reaction to it. Thank you. <laughs> Sir have you, we're saying what have I, you gone to any restaurants recently, Max? I have not sat inside of a restaurant fully. I've been the other night we actually we went to Norseman Distillery and sat kind of quasi outside because they have a porch area that kind of extends from the inside and all of the doors were open. So I was kind of right there. Um so, but not fully inside of a restaurant that is fully indoors yet, but like I've, I have just been started to get vaccinated. I think that once I am vaccinated and more people are vaccinated, that, that will change very soon.
2: Yeah. Props to those businesses that had the ability to create some sort of outdoor seating, because those are the people that adapted, but the full indoor experience, most, most restaurants probably don't have HEPA filter, you know, air vents built in, you know? It's it's
0: dangerous still to go in and eat at a restaurant. And I'm driving and I'm seeing like like bars and restaurants at capacity. Like I'm driving by like I I drove by like you drive around uptown. You see a bunch of restaurants that are like packed like people like people are just not don't They don't give a shit. And I think we're just at the point now where people literally are done with it. But um, th- like the people that that are going to these things are like, I do not care anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to get a vaccine or not. And I don't I don't care. I, you know, that's and maybe they never cared to begin with. But at the, uh, after all of this time, they really don't care. You know?
2: Yeah, that that clip was from May of last year, but it could have just happened last week. And the my sentiments would still have rang true. We're still in it. I still have to wear a mask everywhere I go. And I still have to wear a mask after I'm vaccinated. Why? Because the vaccines aren't
0: 100% effective. I could still get it. The interesting concept that I th- find fascinating about how, how human beings are interpreting this is like human beings are like, oh my God, this has been going on. This has been going on for 14 <laughs> months. I'm exhausted. This thing has been doing this thing to me and to us for 14 months. It's as if like, okay, it's, it's like some kind of attacking force thats that won't let up. Right. And it's like, okay, all right, all right, I surrender. But for the coronavirus, every day is day one. So it's <laughs> not like they've been assaulting it's been assaulting us for 14 months. It's not thinking about it that way. Literally every day is day one. So we need to, like, it's just fascinating that like, we as human beings are interpreting it as this, this assault on us that's been happening for so long. Like, no. We're going to we're gonna cut right now to the
2: coronavirus Groundhog's Day edition where every single day they hit, you know, the 6 a.m. on the alarm clock, wake up, except uh, now they're inviting their friends, all these variants, to come and join them on whatever adventures they're going to have. There's been some weird norms for me, and I am,
1: I don't know if I should say fearful, but I'm concerned that I'm not going to break this habit once this is gone, once we can say that Like this pandemic is over. When I'm walking down the street, I I leave my house and there's always a mask in my pocket. Like at all times, I have a mask with me. So when I leave and I go for a walk, I'm I'm walking through residential neighborhoods. So you'll see mom and mom and kids. And I will cross the street now. I, I don't care if there's cars coming. If I'm like if I'm within 20 feet of you, I cross the street to the other side. I walk by and then I keep going. Any of those moments where I can't cross the street? i can't get away i'm like oh god so like i always take my mask out and i put it on before i walk by anybody have have you guys done that are you taking it to that extreme or is it just me
2: i usually have one of those menacing glares normally like a resting scary face
0: so people usually cross the street whether i'm wearing a mask or not i'm pretty convinced by a a relatively large consensus that's optimistic about the risk of transmission outside in general it you know i i am swayed I, I just even just recently i was reading an article in the atlantic about like okay it's time for us to we don't need to wear masks outside which like the the likelihood of you unless you're in a big crowded con- outdoor concert or something where everybody's breathing on each other like if you're walking around and you're distanced like i feel pretty confident most of the time to not have a mask that's just the the, the risk is so low um if you're just walking around the street.
2: I love breathing clean, fresh air outside. But we also have to think too, like these masks may have prevented us from getting the common cold in the past 14 months. I have never been healthier. I usually get sick, really sick, like once a year. And I'm going on two years now where I haven't had to take any time off of work for this seasonal illness that I would normally get. Mm-hmm. So here's
0: what I wanted to talk to you guys about today and and share with your your listeners and viewers which is i'm looking for truth and representation for asthma sufferers in media and specifically film and television i'm looking for it moving forward and i think that it's been a absolute disgrace up until this point in media so here here give you a little bit of here here a, a little bit of background I uh, am an asthma sufferer. I have been nearly my entire life. I do not have a severe type of asthma. I have a relatively mild where it's not, I'm never in an emergency situation. I just need my inhaler from time to time. And, you know, again, it's not, not serious. I am among the 300 million people around the world, right, who suffer from asthma. Did you guys know that? 300 That's- million people. That's almost the entire population of the United States. Very rarely, I shouldn't say very rarely, but the vast majority of those sufferers of asthma have it either due to a genetic uh, cause or external circumstances that aren't related to personal choices or personality traits, right? I either, I developed it or maybe I lived in a polluted area. Some people were smokers and that maybe wasn't a good choice, right? But the vast majority just were born with it and, or, or they, you know, as a result of like, again, external factors out of their control. So this is the reality, right? And Scott, after I'm done with this, you can certainly chime in because you are, I did not know before we started recording that you are also suffer sufferer of asthma. With that as a background, I want you to jot your mind, jot your brains for every representation of asthma or asthmatic people in film and television that you can recall. As you go through that in your mind, you will overwhelmingly remember that characters that suffer from asthma are attributed negative personality traits, and their asthma is portrayed as a choice and as the result of uh, some kind of external stimuli that are that they're unable to process. Right? Uh, anxiety, fear, cowardice. You see characters that are encountering situations, and when they when they encounter something that scares them or makes them upset or makes them, again, anxious, nervous, what do they do? They reach for their inhaler mm-hmm. because this circumstance caused them to have an asthma attack. And so there is no better example in recent portrayals than in, I don't know if you guys have been watching the the, the, the hit TV series Cobra Kai. No, I've heard of it. Yep. Uh, it, it's a prequel, or not prequel, I shouldn't say sequel series to Karate Kid. Which, I'm sure it'd be a great show. I love it. I really enjoy the show. But one of the main characters in the very first episode is a kid. I think Miguel is, is his name. And when he starts training with Johnny, the Cobra Kai master, he has asthma and takes out his inhaler in one of the earliest training moments. Johnny, the, the sensei, slaps it away, slaps his inhaler away and says, you know, you're not going to need it after you learn karate i.e. bravery, i.e. strength that you don't have right now. You won't need that weakling, weakling uh, 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 inhaler. Hold up. And sure enough, yes, uh, sure. Are you telling me
2: that all I needed to do to get rid of my goddamn inhaler is learn fucking
0: karate? Grow a set of balls and you won't have to use that inhaler. Get, 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 release your fears don't be so anxious get to a place where you have mental calm because it is your fault it is your choice. it is your deficiencies as a personality that surely that is causing your asthma. So if you were just a better person, if you were just more confident and better at what you do and not afraid all of the time and not a nerd right and not all these these things that are associated with asthma if you just change the way that you are and mi- stop making those choices, then you can just slap this just throw this thing away. never mind is there <laughs> Guys, that it is a fucking genetic disorder that nobody asked for, that it is have nothing to do with your personality or your choices or your lifestyle or who you are. It is the same as having any other disease that just you, you have, blindness, diabetes, <laughs> uh, Lyme's disease, multiple sclerosis. Are, do we Are we walking around portraying people that have multiple sclerosis as being weak, personality-wise, afraid, scared, not courageous? Get out of that hospital bed and learn some goddamn karate. <laughs> I am just sick of it. I see you, you go back and you see it all the time, especially like in like 80s and 90s movies, but just this trope of this nerdy, weak glasses laid in kid, right? And one of the things that they have in addition to their pocket protector, they're not good at sports, they don't get with girls. Uh, one of those things add to that is needing an inhaler for asthma. As if that speaks at all to the character and informs them of there are Olympic athletes, Willie and Scott, that have asthma. There are astronauts, heroes. Oh, they. Sorry, Max, you missed it. You you you
1: pronounced that wrong. They they had asthma. They're Olympic athletes. (laughs) They they don't exactly
0: exactly. you know why? Because they got good Olympic karate. (laughs) So this is this is. Uh, I think about where I'll I'll rest but I I I I just I I am so frustrated I want real representation sure enough by the way Cobra Kai end of season one end of season one he has his inhaler and throws it away now that he knows karate now that he's brave he doesn't need his inhaler anymore your asthma went away what no it didn't there is no cure for asthma and it certainly isn't bravery And that's, and that's what I, that's my rant on this represent truth and representation when it comes to asthma. Well, Willie, you don't have asthma. No, I know karate. Scott, do you ever like feel like a little bit? (laughs) Well, and that's, thus, you of course don't have asthma anymore. Uh, Do you ever feel like you ever feel like a little bit embarrassed for using this thing in public? I, I, I never,
2: I never feel embarrassed because I'm the first person who would, you know, outside of being punched out of work, be the first person to like say fuck you to a random stranger just for the laughs. So I don't I don't know how to really to really transition into this thing that I'm about to say, but this week's podcast sponsor is Flowvent. Flowvent for all of your asthma needs. Willie, I don't think we're gonna get him back next week as a sponsor.
0: They should support what my position Flowvent yeah. should. They should they should they should not want people to throw away their inhalers because they feel that they've gotten over it.
2: Hold on, hold on. I wasn't finished. Uh our, our auxiliary sponsor is Cobra Kai. The season finale for for this week's episode is uh is yeah, we're we're brought to you by Cobra Kai. I don't think
0: I don't any know. of the producers of that show would disagree. I don't think anyone can disagree with what I'm saying, number one, because I scientifically think, it's impossible to disagree with what I'm saying.
1: You know what I want to see happen? I want to see more people take that, like if they had it in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and that's where the super serum comes from and now everybody is like superhuman because they take it, right? Maybe maybe it needs to be more of an upper. It needs to It needs to be the drug that gets you there. <sighs> right? Uh, If we start normalizing people hulking out on that, then maybe it'll be okay. And we'll get a bunch of preteens going to Walgreens and getting a bunch of over-the-counter inhalers and just huffing it in the back, hoping that they can
0: jump off of a building and not die. It's interesting you say that, Willie, because like ostensibly in a vacuum, it actually could play that role in storytelling and media, because what does it do? It allows you to breathe and ostensibly get stronger but the problem is it's a so steroid comes, yeah but the problem is is that you don't start from a baseline of, of, of where like of where you are when you need one so you you start from a baseline of breathing le- like it'd be more difficult to breathe so you're already in the hole right so and, you, and so it's portrayed as getting back to normal so I feel like to be like a superpower you'd have to start from here and like really if I gave this to you you'd be way better. Scott, I feel, I have felt many times in my life embarrassed to use this in public uh, because of the way it's portrayed that, and this may be just me and my brain, but I feel that in so much that I've watched, it's portrayed as a sign of weakness. It 100% is, yes. Yeah, It's and that's uh, just wrong.
2: I take it in front of people because I use it as an opportunity to educate people who might not know anything about that, uh, what it is, that it's last past childhood, you know, that it's not something you only see in the movies with weak, nerdy characters. I I only, I'm like you, I thankfully only have to take it kind of around seasonal changes or if I exercise too hard. And I haven't had to use a nebulizer, you know, since I was in grade school, thankfully. But if I think back to the point where I had my first asthma attack and then my second asthma attack and then my third and fifth to the point where it got into double digits where I was going to the hospital to get treatment, it felt like I was dying. And I would never wish that pain and suffering on anybody else, not even my worst enemies, because it's the closest I've felt. Maybe, maybe that one time, Willie, you had to drag me into the, <laughs> the emergency department for my gallbladder, but closest I felt to dying. In, in my life. And you you can't breathe. It's Somebody is literally choking your lungs. They're not choking your throat, but they're squeezing your lungs to the point where it feels like you can't inflate them or you can't breathe out. It's one or, one or the other.
0: I feel like there was probably one really stupid writer in Hollywood at some point who mistook an asthma attack with hyperventilation. Yeah, probably. Can be brought about by stress or interpersonal social factors anxiety Someone could get yeah. an anxiety, which by the way, an anxiety attack or a, or a hyperventilation attack is also not something that is a choice, but I feel like because <laughs> that is, because that is something that is, it is a legitimate like reaction to social stimuli that 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 someone just mistook it and not and, and and by the way not assuming positive intent in a nefarious way and said oh this is a signal right this is i can use this as a sign that they, and it's, it's laziness i can use this as a sign that my character is weak right that's what i'm trying to say by writing into their character that they are asthmatic it's the laziest of storytelling correct it's gross.
1: Uh, there, there's some, another thing that this brings up and, and i don't think we need to deep dive on this but the point that I'll make, I've been trying to think about a bunch of jokes here, but I realize that while, yes, the way you position that, Max, is very funny, there's plenty of uh, human conditions that people um, make fun of. One of the, the ones that I was made aware of this week is using the phrase, did I stutter, signifies I am worse off as a human because I stutter, right? I am less capable and that's a phrase that um i am going to stop using because i i think it's only uh bringing another human being down instead of lifting someone up because like we have a president the leader of the United States who suffers from a stutter. So sorry, you can
0: definitely be and largely so. and largely overcame it by the way mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be a um president. Uh, you know. He fucking oh. learned karate. That's it. <laughs> That was it. Yep. Yep. No, that 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 uh, karate will solve all of your problems, emotional, mental, physical or otherwise. All right. Screw
2: all the other sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by karate. Thank you guys so much
1: for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Max, it has been a, a sheer pleasure having you on the show. I appreciate you being here. I came.
0: You're welcome, Scott. <laughs> and, That's the correct uh, response.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Max. We'd have you back anytime. If you wanna follow the the video form of the podcast, if you're listening, there is a YouTube link in the description. If you're watching the show on YouTube, we're also a podcast, you can find the podcast link in the description. Uh,
2: Scott, where can people follow the show online? You can find us on our Insta at. Sub for that. You can find us on our Twitter at. Sub the number four, that. If you think we should have Max on more or less often, you can uh, send us an email at subforthatpodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, we we have personal social medias. Uh, I'm at Scott Garola on Twitter. WildMN two nine three Max is.
1: Uh, where can we find you on the internet?
0: So yes, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Max Leibowitz. But also, if there are any uh, trivia uh, aficionados out there uh, and just general fans of trivia games. You can come to my virtual trivia every single Wednesday night. I am a host for Trivia Mafia, a fantastic local trivia uh, organization here in the Twin Cities. And you can, in these virtual times, check out my virtual trivia every Wednesday night, including this coming Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. Uh, You can check out all the information at TriviaMafia.com, including the links to get to the Zoom game. And I look forward to seeing all of you there. And remember, no matter what you're into, whether it's... Female dating
1: strategy. Power washing porn. Or act like you belong. There's, There's a, a sub for that.
2: that.